Welcome to the Podcock Peacast. I'm your host, the only Tyler Peacock. Alright, here's what we're going to do today. Joe the Show, actually Smoking Joe, or Front Row Joe, and Patty Podcast will join me in segment one. We'll break down all things Daytona 500. Then, I'm going to sub Front Row Joe out, bring in Delaney, Zach, and me, and Patty. We'll break down NBA All-Star Weekend, or at least what all we saw of it. Uh, talk a little AAF. They could be done. They're out of money. Give you some uh, NBA and college hoop picks for the upcoming week to come. And the French fry segment was so heated from last episode. I got D and Patty's take on the French fry power rankings done by the LA Times. Anyway. Rate, review, subscribe, follow the show on Twitter at PodcockPCast. And uh, without any further ado, let's throw it to the Day 10 of 500 recap and the rest of the show. Dudes, I got uh, Joe, Patty here. Dudes, how about that 500? Pretty good race. Ending was uh, fiery, to say the least. (laughs) I liked it too. Uh, I didn't think the very, very end was uh, so pleasant, but, I mean, yeah, definitely a cool race. Well, we had, from the drop of the green flag, I was, I honestly was stunned that these guys were able to get side-by-side and race too wide, get the bottom lane going. Um, Blaney takes the first stage, but really the star... The first stage and the second stage to me was Matt D. Benedetto uh, leading the most laps. Uh, I don't know what you guys had. Any thoughts or takeaways from D. Benedetto's performance? Yeah. Um, Dark Horse showing uh, what he had. Um, hopefully, I'd like to see the kid get a a nice ride and get some teammates and see what he can do. Um, I just thought it took way too long for stuff to develop on the outside they were all over the place racing i mean you could get a line going anywhere it just took too much to get it going i think uh matt would have had a pretty good chance i mean it got pretty crazy there at the end i mean it sucks he got taken out but uh he definitely he's been there up front before at them races he actually led some laps there i do believe but yeah he's definitely good at plate tricks i think well i mean not the get off course here but um that team levine family racing is a satellite team the gibbs this year getting some resources from there so i'd just say that i don't think this will be the last you hear of deven and dedo i don't think you know he goes to atlanta next week and leads laps but you know if he's a guy that contending for the playoffs late in the season that wouldn't surprise me either um we did have a crash in stage one um Cody Ware, probably the worst driver I've seen in a long time. He gets in the Kurt Busch, takes out Kurt. It also collected uh, Bubba, and it didn't affect McMurray. He was in it, uh, but uh, that was the first casualty of a day that saw 37 out of the 40 cars take damage. Um, I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on uh, that wreck. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did he actually touch him, or did he just make a bonehead? Because I think the wind got Kurt. I mean, he came down on the track and kind of, but I think they had a camera replay of it. I don't think he actually got touched, and it just 
I don't know, it's kind of like the Menard Johnson incident in a way, but that dude like kind of came down and was just kind of making bonehead moves and yeah, got him sideways. Yeah, well I think it's his fault regardless just because I, they, those guys all know how... Uh, Suck for me too because that was my pick to win the race. And I, <laughs> air is sensitive these cars. Were. Yeah, yeah, very air sensitive. Well, we, they are, but once you get in that draft, J. McMurray proved at the end of the race that you didn't have to be perfect to hang up front. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it would have been a different story if he was in the front leading, but he was able to keep that banged-up race car right there with the, with the pack. Well, another thing I found interesting, and we kind of talked about it leading into the race, that Ford had worked together so well last season at the plate tracks, even two years ago, and I thought Chevrolet and Toyota would have to work together as a manufacturer. I didn't think they'd work together as two manufacturers. And it started in stage one, and we'll move on to stage two, where it seemed like the Fords were all on one pit strategy together, and then pretty much the Hendrick cars and the Gibbs cars were going to work together and decided, hey, if we're going to have a chance, any bullets in the gun to win this thing late in the race, we're going to have to get on the same pit cycle and work together. I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on that. I mean, it's just NASCAR veteran ownership there. Uh, they know what they're doing. Well, finally, they, they they were kind of eating themselves the last few years and letting Ford just dominate working together. Oh, I know, but that's, they just, uh, you're right. How, how many years have they been doing this and year in, year out, the, their cars are in championship contention. So it just took them a little while to figure out what they needed to do, and I think now they're going to level the playing field with finally getting up there with Ford, which I think NASCAR the past couple of years has shown Ford an advantage. It's clear. But I think this year they're starting to level it out a little bit more, and we'll really get to see once they get the new uh, 2019 package in. Yeah, Joey? Um, I just hate it. I'm just ready to see the Attitude Era come back to NASCAR. I mean, the Fords working with the Fords is fine, but just don't want to see it. I want to see the, this is a dominating sport. I want to see that name on top for a reason, just not specifically because everybody was working together. I mean, that's just my thought. But that's how they've got it done. Um, Brad, he got taken out as well with the. Well, that was the third stage. Let's get to the second stage. Kyle Busch wins that, but um, it was fun. To, that state, the second stage, it kind of got strung out a little bit because it was a real long green flag stint, and you had the Fords up front, but then you had a group led by D. Benedetto. Toyota. Yeah, basically getting ready to, uh, after the pit stop cycled, he was leading a group of cars, Chase Elliott, a couple of Chevrolets was in the mix, and another Gibbs car. They almost slapped that Ford thing, and then the caution finally came out for Cody Ware yet again. Cody Ware, now, at first... I just thought he wasn't paying attention, but then it came over the scanner where Jimmy didn't signal. He's leading that group down on the bottom. He didn't signal to Byron, his teammate, because they were trying to play a little cat-and-mouse game. Did signal they are going to get a pit road. Cody Ware just fucking freight trains. Reddick, Reddick bounces in to Jimmy, 
and Ricky Stenhouse. So you had two contenders there with Stenhouse and Jimmy. It completely destroyed the 48. Uh, what was your guys' thoughts on that? Uh, just miscue. Just it, it happens. It's part racing. Uh, but that that's one of those things that it almost shouldn't happen. Like, it, it's the best in the world, but like you said, there, there's some people that almost look like they shouldn't have been there. Yeah, Cody Ware's definitely one. Joe, you got to take there. Yeah, I definitely agree with the Ware situation, but kind of it was what was awesome about it, I thought, what I did like the most. There was several scenarios like that. I mean, it was a bonehead case with the wear or whatever, but, I mean, you seen Boyer kind of do the same thing. I mean, he just, I don't know what that was. I don't know if it was a spotter issue or what happened, but, you know, I thought he had a chance to win. Same way with Harvick. He could not, he, he battled this all day. He just could not find somebody to run with in a straight line. Like, Stenhouse was up front at one point, and just Harvick was running behind him, and Stenhouse was just all over the place. So. I, I also just uh, Harvick was my pick to win and I just don't think he got the car perfect the way he wanted it right. all race yeah. long oh, like yeah. he was uh, he was battling the car yep. the whole race and just couldn't get it to the point where he was fully comfortable and I, I think that's honestly what cost him at the you end. know back to what Pat was saying too about Jamie McMurray and his car I, I did see this too, uh, Ryan Newman. I don't remember exactly where he placed, but he finished the last 10 laps. There's a picture of it on Twitter. I mean, his tire was On just, the inner liner, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was absolutely toast. So, yeah, there's just... there's uh, That hasn't been taken away. I haven't seen. I mean, you can get banged up. I mean, Larson's car. I mean, that's just... I that mean, thing that's, was just crazy. He crazy. came to him seven, so... Yeah, the, I mean, the first 180 laps of this race was unbelievable. Um side by side pretty clean race other than basically the two incident in, incidents with uh involving mr ware and then it just kind of got disjointed uh larson cut a tire that was a caution then later keselowski cuts a tire those are two things that happens you can't really help those but 10 to go the fucking big one happens the benendetto uh harvick Byron, who had a strong day, shout out to him. Um, it takes out twenty-one cars. Who was it? Was it Preezy that uh? Preeze, Pre- yeah. Well, shout out to Preeze. Yeah, he yeah. got through yeah, both the sure. big wrecks late, and by inches mm-hmm. too, man. We, we were we watched it together, obviously, and uh, we we were just in awe on how a combination of luck and driving. Yeah, because they did a they did an on on uh the communication with him and the spotter and the spotter was telling him to go high and if he would have listened to the spotter he would have drove right into three cars and he just held his line stuck it to the floor and somehow made it through same way with larson it just seemed like he was involved in like every Everything. every single crash but somehow he still managed to finish like seventh so i mean well yeah the second the second one was him and stenhouse whether it was contact or just again just getting loose air is sensitive and a chain reaction happens because you're running so close together uh also eric jones he got through that second one and he ended up getting third priest came home eighth so um just two guys what was priest's uh odds 
Oh, he's but, plus ten thousand to win. Yeah, and, and, it, I, and I'm and I'm sorry, but I, I think if you take all these drivers, subtract a few of your you know veterans that's still in there, you know McMurray, Harvick, Kurt Busch, guys like that. If you put these new guys in these cars made 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, I don't even think you'd see a car finish the race, to be honest. I mean, you might see three or four of them. Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, and then a couple long red flag instances for the two big wrecks. Um, and then there was another one that sent it to overtime. And basically that was where the race was lost for Kyle Busch and one for Denny. Denny was slightly ahead when they froze the field for the last caution and um definitely cool for him yeah but you know you know i know logano and bush were kind of upset with mcdowell uh for not working with them but like at that point it's every man for themselves so they don't really have much of an argument there to me well and then kyle bush also made that uh somewhat questionable call Oh, on, uh, the on second the restart. last restart, he yeah. ch- chose the low line. Took, yep. Yeah, that was, and that, that's a like I know Kyle Busch is the villain of the sport. Not a lot of people like him. People love to hate him. I personally love him because, you know, being a Vegas kid, he's a Vegas kid. We're pretty much cousins. Yeah, I like him too. Uh, I like him too. He, he hates to lose like yeah he he fucking he wants to win that's that's he's all about and uh he just he almost has the Dale Earnhardt curse when it comes to the 500 it's just the one that you never know he can't get yeah and you never know if he'll ever have another like he probably will since he's so good and he's at Gibbs and he's gonna be in good equipment the rest of his career but that none of that stuff's guaranteed. You never know. Oh yeah, he, exactly. he might not ever. Yeah, and props to him too, because you know he he didn't try to do anything to Denny to like you know. Oh yeah, he raced clean. Yeah, he, he raced him clean, and you know it was kind of a bittersweet moment for him. I mean, getting out of there with a good finish is definitely a win of any kind. But I mean, you're definitely going for the win. But definitely props to him for you know just racing him clean, not trying to see the usual suspect, and you know get into him good. I think he might have turned him if he could have got to him now. I would. I mean, it's a Daytona 500. Exactly. I feel like he had to. But uh, overall, great race, great start to the season. Um, we'll get to it later with NBA All-Star Weekend. But, you know, I honestly think, uh, and I'm a fan of both sports for sure, I definitely think Daytona, uh, the 500, won the sports weekend this past weekend. Oh, uh, the AA. Was it the AAF or AAL was giving them everything they wanted? No, they're not. They're out of money. Uh, we'll get to that later, too. Yeah, but. I think the All-Star was at like a 5-0 rating, something like that. Yeah. And the NASCAR was like 6.2 at its highest. Yeah. It was going cutting into prime time. There was some debate about that. But it definitely, I think it attracted some uh, new people, too, to the sport. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what NASCAR is going to do with the sport this year. NASCAR is taking a stance where they said they want to turn it around, get the fans back, get the sponsorships back. and uh, But like Joey said, I, I want the attitude back in the sport. Like, I don't want this PC bullshit. I want people out there telling them, hey... You either get out of my way or I'm going to move you out of my way. Like, That's why I like Kyle Busch. I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, it's... I, I want to see the sport get back to the competitive edge, like the Allison brothers fighting and 
after the race. I mean, you've seen some scraps here. I mean, oh yeah, but I, I'm talking about. I want to see people. I want to see. I want to see racing, like. Yeah, well, that's where it starts, though. Yeah, like you, you get you need competitive racing all the time, where guys get just fed up, sick and tired of constantly running against one another, and that's when the tempers start to flare, and everybody who is a racer gets what they want. Um, and that's why the 500 is so good to me. It's just you actually saw competition, multiple leaders. I mean, you're always gonna have multiple leaders at a plate track, but. Uh, I want to see more beer in victory lane, too. I mean, that's just yeah. something I miss. That's why I like seeing Kurt, or Kevin Harvick. I'm not a huge fan, but, yeah, there's going to be beer in victory lane. I'm a huge Kevin Harvick fan. Clint Boyer, I mean, he don't even need a beer sponsor. and He, you know, he <laughs> exactly. gets to victory lane, he's drinking beer. I mean, and you just, I miss that. I thought it was funny. We, we were laughing about this. During the red the first red flag, uh, Gordon and the broadcast booth page down and talked to Boyer and... Uh, you know, he's asking him, how how are you going to win this thing? Or how are you going to try it? What's your move? Boyer's response to that was, any suggestions? Yeah. Just a funny one-liner. That's kind of Clint's personality. Yeah, in the heat of the moment, too, to be be that loose, that just shows what how good he truly is. It, I mean, he calls the last caution, but like he said over the radio, if you go back and look at the radioactive highlights, too, he said, sorry, guys, I was just going for it. And... Mm. I mean, you got to just be like, yeah. And that's what we need in NASCAR. Like, it's drivers yep. like that. Like, And I think that's one of the reasons that uh, Tony Stewart signed him is Smoke was one of those kind of drivers. Like, he, he's one of the drivers that made the sport exciting, entertaining, and you didn't know what he was going to do next. I think Clinton Boyer is... That's Smiley. why I like Kurt Busch. I mean, he's the same way. Just always kind of had a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, just chip or Kurt and Kyle both. They both uh, they bring personality and attitude. Yeah. Well, I mean, you gotta just moving to kind of close off the recap here. Denny, two five hundreds now. I mean, he has a championship when he does or if he does. Um you know, he's not going to go down as one of the best ever, but... He'll be in the Hall of Fame, though. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely probably... Solidified his spot. Dale, Dale Jarrett for uh, wins. wins. Yeah, and Dale Jarrett's a Hall of Famer, so, you know... For I know, sure. I know for a sure. lot of people don't like Denny. I don't mind him. I, yeah, I, I just... I don't have much of an opinion on him the way I... I but I thought it was cool to just the, the whole Gibbs situation with... Yeah, JD passing JD, away yeah. not too long ago, and One, what two, they did—that's that's what they did on the eleventh lap, and then it all culminates to them getting a one-two-three finish in the five hundred. Um, last time that happened in the five hundred was Gordon's first five hundred in '95 when he, Terry Labonte, and Ricky Craven ended third. So uh, it's been you know it was over twenty years since that's happened at the five hundred, so that was pretty cool. But uh, we move on to Atlanta real quick. Some of the new rule package comes in this week. Um, I didn't look at any odds, but I would imagine Harvick's got the highest salary on your daily fantasy and has the lowest betting odds because he He, just dominates Atlanta. But with the new 2019 package, we don't know we're going to get. I just just looked it up, and he actually is the favorite to win it. And... Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. He's my pick to win it. 
Yo, you got a pick? Uh, yeah, I would have to roll with Kevin Harvick on this track as well. He's done. Uh, I think you're going to see some uh, green flag running. I can see Kyle Busch being up there, maybe a Logano for that sense, but I just think Kevin Harvick, I mean, he had a... He had some troubles at Daytona, but I mean, he just got a, he's shown me that he has a strong car in and out. It doesn't really matter what is going on as far as NASCAR tech goes right now. So I would definitely lock Kevin Harvick in. Yeah, Daytona, he had a bad car and still ran up front majority of the day. I'm going to take, uh, I think he's confident after the way he ran at the 500. And Atlanta, like Joey said, in the past, it's been a, a long green flag stint, maybe fuel mileage comes into play, a pitch strategy call, um, where they come in, take two, take four, whatever, splash and go. I think the 24 car, William Byron, he hasn't a cup win yet. Chad's on his box. I think the combination of Chad making the calls, Byron, is going to be confident, I think, going into Atlanta. And I think, you know, we're probably on a little more even playing field because Chevy was... They were shit last year until late in the year, and Chase kind of routed off a few good runs and a couple wins. But I think Chevy gets back in victory lane. I'm going to take William Byron to uh, take the win in Atlanta. Yeah, and uh, just so I picked someone who's not the obvious favorite, and I picked Harvick last week too. Um, Which is not a bad strategy. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll pick Harvick every week just because (laughs) that's my guy. But... uh, if I couldn't pick Harvick and I had to pick someone else, I'd run with uh, Chase Elliott this week. Oh, that's a good pick. Home state driver right there. Yeah, I uh, I think he's a, he's talented. He's uh, got it in his blood. And uh, I, he's going to be one of the contenders for a championship this year. He's got a good ride, good head on his shoulders. So, yeah. If I can't pick Harvick, I'm picking Chase Elliott. I can't really pick another winner, but uh, I could see Stenhouse being involved in a crash or something like that. I don't know what it is about him, but, man, he he's a good racer. I'm not going to take that from him one bit. He's but, aggressive. Man, he is probably the most aggressive driver in NASCAR right now. I oh, mean, he's pissed off. Uh, he's always pissed off or well, something. I don't know. but I mean, I'd be pissed off if I had to date Danica Patrick, too. Like, uh, yeah, she's yeah. out of his life, and he's like, man. But, uh, I miss that Poonani. At Daytona, he could not sit still. I mean, it's just like he's gripping that bitch at noon, and he's like on a freeway just floating back and forth. I mean, nobody could get going with him. Harvick was bitching about it. But I could see Stenhouse running up front at this track just because aggressive early. Like Peacock said, it might come down some pit strategies, maybe off a restart with under 10 to go or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I could see Stenhouse causing some action for Atlanta. All right, last thing I'll say, um, and then we'll move it on to the uh, All-Star Game recap and the rest of the show. Um, You know, we talked all week, last week, leaning into 500. We talked more on the show about fixing the sport than we actually did what could happen or what would happen in the 500. Um, But it was just, it was a, I thought it was a, a great day for NASCAR last Sunday. And for all the people out there who maybe casually watch us NASCAR and watch us the big races. I mean, this is kind of a dead period in the sports calendar. Watch the Atlanta race. Just see see if you like that, too. I mean, you're not going to have the fire and sparks and the big-time movie-looking big crash like you will at Daytona. But, you know, 
it's racing. It's going to be the same guys, same cars. Um, you know, we kind of don't know what we're going to get yet with the new package, but watch the race. See what happens. Let us know what you think about it. Like, let's talk about it. Ooh. That's one thing I love about sports. There's so many different sports, and you get to learn about each one. And there's a lot of people just think, oh, NASCAR, you just press the gas and turn left. Like, people don't realize the the amount of science, skill level, fucking balls, and your brain, how much head comes into NASCAR. Like, it's really interesting once you get to learn about the sport. I'd say it's definitely a huge win for NASCAR. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, definitely a lot more than I thought it was going to be. I will say that. After watching the truck race, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. You know, then I watched the Xfinity race, and I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be bad. And I was definitely, yeah, I was wrong. I will say that. I thought it was going to be a lot less boring than it was. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. We, we both kind of said, like, eh, They'll probably ride around for the first three quarters of the race. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, racing pretty much the whole way. Like I said before, I just I think the NASCAR people just need to get out of the uh, research and development. Let these teams kind of work with the cars a little bit. I mean, you're not you don't you don't know what you're going to see at Talladega Daytona yet because of the new rules that come into place. So I mean, you don't know what you're going to see. You you don't know what you're going to see. That's the thing about NASCAR right now that I think is just hot is it's like a new episode of your favorite TV show. You do not know what's going to happen. So it's definitely exciting. Yep. All right, guys, that was the Daytona 500 recap. Uh, Joey or Pat throw it to the break, the commercial break. Check out NASCAR, motherfuckers. Yeah, definitely watch the NASCAR race, and kudos to the Podcock PCAST. Seriously, somebody throw it to the break. Just say we're, we're taking a break. Now. And we're going to take a break. We'll catch you in a bit. All right, we're back here. I got Zach, Patty. What's up, guys? What's up? What's going on? All right, Zach. Podcast. <laughs> Zach, you're gonna have to like guide us through this. We're gonna recap uh all things NBA All Star Weekend. You're the only one I think that watched. I know I didn't. I don't know about you, Pat. Well, I, you know, we we oh, texted a lot about it, and we all texted about how we didn't watch it. But you guys watched all the things I didn't. I only watched All Star Sunday. I didn't watch that. So I don't know how the three point. I, I mean, I knew who won, but I had known nothing about anything but the three-point fucking barrage and what a great game All-Star Sunday was. I watched uh, a little bit of the first half of the All-Star game, but that's about it. I got way better after the second. I just think I'm at it like the like a point where maybe I've out like grown it in a weird way. Like it happened four or five years ago at the Pro Bowl. Like, yeah. It's just not really. Well, no, and, and Luke brought that up the other day. You know, he was like, Who? it's a bunch of nobodies. And then Peacock, you said, hey, maybe that's just you getting older. And then I thought about it. And I'm like, well, you know, if you don't pay attention to the league, once you're at this age, you know, you're remembering Kobe, D Wade, LeBron. Le- you're not thinking of Giannis, Damian Lillard. You know, all them. So, I mean, at our age, 
the All-Star game has outgrown us. Yeah, well, I, you know, I just – there was college basketball on Saturday. I watched some of those games, but uh, shout out Pat's brother, Robert. There's a party for him. I went there and socialized. It, it just seemed like that had been more fun than sitting so around. Fraternized with another podcast. Well, I, yeah, I guess. Yes. All right, cool. Uh, it was more like a – a casual meeting with the podcasters. I was there for. I, I thought it was behind enemy lines. We named our other one, but you know it's all good. It's all good. Well, I, I, mean, I, I, I participated for a little bit, but had to withdraw early. Well, Patrick, you're immune. You're immune to this. Yeah, but there was. You say you act, or, or maybe I didn't explain it well enough. It wasn't just like Robert and. A few other people. There was like 40 it people down there. It was a huge there. party. I saw the pictures. I saw the pictures. Yeah. So let's get back to sports. Well, now I'm saying that. I felt like that was a better decision uh, from an entertainment value or an entertainment standpoint than to watch All-Star Saturday night. It probably was because the, <laughs> the dunk contest wasn't good. The One of the winning dunks was a recycled Vince Carter dunk. Like, what the fuck? I did see highlights. Well, Go ahead, Pat. That, that's, but one that's of the winning enough. dunks is a recycled Vince Carter dunk and not even his best dunk. That that was one thing I wanted to touch on, too, is I, I honestly think that's a lot of the problem with All-Star Weekend is growing up, you guys remember how big of a deal the dunk contest was. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was always full of the top stars in the league, and we always saw ridiculous stuff like jumping over cars. Like, I, I just feel like they kind of gave up on it, and now it's just anybody that'll do it can do it. Like, give me LeBron out there. They need to find a way to find an incentive big enough for the top-notch players to go out there and want to do it. Well, let's think there is an incentive, but I think it's like 25000 Like, if I'm LeBron James, you know, I'm not That's risking my, I'm if I'm not risking my yeah, fucking legs. But... That's ashtray money. That's also... I don't think it's just the incentive. I think it's a lack of fucking creativity. I mean... Fuck, you think back to one of the greatest dunks in the past five years. That was Blake Griffin dunking over Ikea. And that's not even that fucking cool. If you think about it in the long run, oh, cool, he dunked over a very, very small fucking car. Sweet. Yeah, but I've seen Dave King back in the day do that in, like, a Ghostmaker dunk contest. Like, that's not yeah, – that wasn't that, original. Like, yeah. I mean, you, you can find a million – well, not a million. You can find hundreds of YouTube videos of guys doing that, like, at Ghostmaker dunk contests and stuff like that. But I get – that he had the star but power. But that's my point. Like, even that's not original. But, I mean, like, like the, dunk, the dunk contest, these people just lack originality. They're just, they're just going big or going home. I think you're on to something. Um, but I did, read, I did read something on The Ringer. And he was rating the worst dunks in the dunk contest of all time. And they were talking about Baron Davis, I think, back in, like, 01. He tried to do a blindfolded dunk where it was obvious. Oh, and completely missed the rim. Where it was obvious that he had slits in his blindfold and still missed. 
And then after the fact said, well, I missed the first one on purpose so I can make the second one a perfect 50. But they wouldn't let him do a second one. So, A, Baron Davis didn't verify the rules for the dunk competition. B, he didn't fucking make sure he could see through his blindfold spots. <laughs> and C, what the fuck? Baron Davis, you're a fucking moron. Like, uh, I, I, there is, I think next year, uh, it, it might get a little more interesting, the dunk contest, because uh, I, I just got a feeling we're going to see a, a Zion Williams. Williamson, but yeah. Williamson, I'm sorry. I always fuck that name. But... <laughs> no, I, I shouldn't be an asshole, like, at corrective, but uh, yeah, he'll, I mean, he'll likely be in it, but will it be like a, uh, would it be like a Ferrari versus a, versus a, uh, like Pinto in a drag race. Like, yeah. But that'd be cool if you could somehow like talk LeBron into it and But he you won't get LeBron there. So what if Zion takes that fucking notion like LeBron did, like I don't want to risk my legs. I'm not doing this. I wanna protect I, my legacy. I, I just think Zion's gonna do it. He, I think he will too. But what I, happens I, if he does he's more of a like not not calling LeBron soft. But I'm calling Zion more of a, a risk taker. Oh, he's yeah. young, you know. Totally. Yeah. But, but did you see where Donovan Mitchell and fuck who else? It was Giannis. Donovan, huh? Giannis said. Yeah. He Giannis tweeted that he's doing the dunk contest, and Donovan said, "I'll do it if you do it." Yeah, but that's gonna be dope. That would be, but we've had people like tease that they're gonna be it in, in the past, like Russell's that LeBron has, like, until it's, like, actually solidified, like, I feel like you're just getting, like, tickled right now. We're all all destined for a deathbed with a shitty All-Star weekend, but the ball tickling is cool before. I mean, I I don't know (laughs) if you've ever had your balls tickled, but it's neat. Jesus. We're trying to run a... cut this out. No, we're trying to run a fucking family-friendly fucking show, dude. Uh, You know what? This is at Movies 10. This is not the fun barn. Anyway, shout out fun barn, shout out Joe and Lady Edwards, two of the greatest people this ever this community has ever been blessed with. Facts. Um, what about what about a three? What like I heard the three point contest was good. I think Joe Harris hit twenty six in the final round, but yeah, I have no idea who he beat. Was it Steph or? I don't know. I didn't fucking watch that either. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I figured you. I figured you were all over this, Zach. No, but. no, that's what sucks because I was pumped, but then when I got time to watch it, I was like, you know what? I got better shit to do. I knew that Steph and Seth had a wager on their three point competition, but that, that, that's where I left it at. Like, it's it's the same fucking thing every year, and that's fine. But they're not shaking it up. And I will say, the way they did the two-team draft with, you know, Team LeBron, Team Giannis, whatever, that's great because it shook it up a little bit. I think I, the fucking NBA the, All-Star Weekend is pretty fucking boring. They, the one thing that uh, I forget who what player brought it up, but they said they want to have them all in a room and have it do it like a pickup game, live, live picks, like, to their face. And that would be great because, like last year, they 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 adopted this philosophy, but they wouldn't televise it because they didn't want to hurt players' feelings. 
Yeah. Now they're sure they do it on national television, but they don't have players. Like, I want to see next year, like, who that last player is. Like, Kevin Lux is coming up like, ah, oh, fuck, man, you know the last player. God damn it. Thonos, uh, Kyle and shit. Taking yeah, the ball, but... going home. Uh, well, they... Who was the last player announced this year? Beal. Yeah, and he was excited about it for some reason. Well, I mean, if you look at it, traditionally... I know they had the, uh, which I, I think we all like. They gave Derek and D Wade like legend all honors. The yeah, but which tech- they look awesome too during this game. Yeah, I, 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 I respect. I like that move by the NBA. Yeah, but the the point the point I'm making is like, usually it's twelve a piece, twelve on each roster. So you should just look at that. Like, and I know these guys have big egos and are ultra competitive, but it's the top 24 players in the league at that time. That's how you have to work yeah. the all-star game. So I could see Bradley Beal. Maybe he's not that big of a egomaniac where he just looks at it like, hey, I'm one of the top 24 players in the league right now. It was nice to see Kimba Walker in it, though, because I don't think if that was out of his hometown, he would have been in it. I feel bad for him. Why? Because Kimba Walker's in such – like. You don't know Kimball Walker's doing good unless you look online. I, yeah, I get that. But um, I don't feel bad for him. He makes millions of dollars playing basketball. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, no, I don't feel bad. But the one thing I haven't seen this entire time is anyone really talking about fucking Dame time. Damian Lillard, he fucking lit that comeback up. Okay, tell us about it. It's because none of you guys watched. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. He had four threes in the third quarter and a couple of laps. I don't know. God, we don't even go through a play-by-play with two people that fucking watch. The All-Star game sucked. Just like All-Star <laughs> weekend sucked. It was, a bu- it was a bunch of fucking threes and no defense. Is that just came to the realization of, like, yeah. I think you guys worked me there. Like I was so pumped about that All Star game, and you took me to the realization that, goddamn, the All Star game fucking sucks. Yeah, I, yeah. well, they all do though. <laughs> but I don't know. Like Sunday, I was passionate. I was like, this one might be special. And now I'm back to you, like, eh, no, you know, it's it's, it's kind of like every other fucking one. Well, I mean, not the, not saying Dirk's not like. The greatest European player in the NBA's history. D Wade's like a top probably three shooting guard of all time and like a top 25, 30 player of all time. But like the last like real moment I think that we recall like in the actual All Star game was uh, probably, well, probably Kobe's last one, honestly. Like I feel like that we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll get excited. One, uh-huh. it's when it's LeBron's last one. I think that'll be, like be the next moment, like that we know it's his last All Star game. I wasn't excited uh, about Kobe's or or Jordan's back yeah. in the day. That yeah. you know, Kobe can lick my nutsack. It was cool to see Dirk Nowitzki get three threes and that lob from Dwayne Wade to LeBron and that lob from LeBron to Dwayne Wade. Was it? No, no, no. Let's talk about that. Did that give you flashbacks? Dude, my dick was hard. (laughs) Dick was hard, jerking off with my own tears. It was nice. 
Sounds about right. All right. Speaking of other sad things, uh, professional segue there, by the way. Shout out me. Um, the AAF is uh, out of money, it seems like already. Missing payroll. Um, yeah, it was exciting for the first week. And then, you know, Daytona was this past weekend, the All-Star weekend, although it was trash, better than like a second-rate football league. And now they're out of money. I guess uh, my question to you guys is like general thoughts on uh, the AAF probably collapsing soon. Okay. Uh, they hey, moved their really well at one one first weekend. Hey, hold on one second. One one more thing I wanted to touch back on the All Star game. Sorry to go back, but uh, wait, wait, wait. One one problem I do have or not. I'm just kidding. Go, go for it. I was gonna make like uh, a like a rewind sound like with the tape with my mouth, but I don't think I could do that anyway. Continue. <laughs> but uh. I, I just hate that the – I wish one thing would be a little bit more competitive because, like, have you seen, like, the pickup games LeBron played with, like, Ben Simmons and shit like that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, they were actually kind of banging a little bit, and it's so much more fun to watch. And I, I, I just I, – I think it's the it's going to have to take a move by the players to make the All-Star game interesting. Again. You can't do that. After the 99 lockout, they staged the pickup game like that in fucking Vegas. And that completely cornered their bargaining agreement. So we can't go into CBAs and all that because that's too much. But they're not allowed to do that. No. You're completely – They're not allowed to do it on a nationally televised stage, I should say. I know, but you're – I'm just saying that I think they should take that mentality they do in the pickup game and bring it to the All-Star. Maybe. Well, I I just don't know. I just don't know how you fix it. Like, if you put, if you put, like, home court advantage in the finals to, like, up for grabs like baseball tried to do, then you're going to have to go back to the conferences. Then again, and still in your mind, it doesn't fucking matter. It, it, you're not competing for anything. Oh no! I'm saying if you did that, though, you'd have to go back to the conferences, yeah. and like that's kind of the West has been loaded. You know, it seems like my entire adult life, or since like the 2000s, like the then, West has been more loaded than the East. You can't really do that because they're not drafting from the West and the East; they're drafting all around now. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Though you'd have, if you were gonna do that, you'd have to go back to conference affiliation, and that's what two years ago people bitching because the West was so much uh, or so loaded, and yeah. neither, neither and team thought, was really trying anyway. I do think the way they changed it up. I mean, it was a really good way to switch it up. It, it is. I, we just outgrown it. I think that's the bottom line. Like, what? hey, what about? Hey, here's uh, kind of a, a different, suge- weird suggestion. What about if you change up the lottery for the draft and have it be the two teams and have for the lottery pick, have a, the team drawn from the East and the top team drawn from the West, and the winner of the All-Star game gets the first pick and the loser gets the second? Well, how do you do that, though? Yeah. What do you mean? 
Oh, because it goes off right. Your record dictates how many ping pong balls go in the lottery machine. Yeah, I know. That's why you take the worst team out of the East and the worst team out of the West and pretty much do uh, flip a coin for that. And then you continue the lottery after the first two picks. In the All Star game? No, in the draft. Like, you really completely revamp the draft. You keep the lottery system as it is. But you take the worst team out of the East and the worst team out of the West, and you have a winner of the All-Star game determines what team gets to pick the first pick and what team gets to pick the second. Well, Adam Silver is too classy to flip a coin. I'll leave it at that. No, I, I, I misspoke when I said about the coin flip because the coin flip isn't going to be necessary because that is going to be determined by the winner of the All-Star game. Yeah, but you're not gonna have a. Yeah, I, I don't like that either because All Star Games not East and West anymore. You have to go back uh, to the East uh, and West format. Yeah, that'd been cool in the old format, I guess. Uh, but it, yeah, you're right now. But you have the top voting getter going through for the next draft pick, which actually could be kind of cool because, I mean, it it stays the way you're saying. LeBron will be playing with Zion next year. No, he's not going to be an all-star year one. But if the draft is staged the way Norway is saying. I don't want the draft staged, though. I don't want it either, but I'm saying that would be fucking sweet. How do we even now, talk about the draft? Let's talk about the AAF. Let's no. talk about the AAF. No, I, let's, I, I, I'm going to fix the all-star game right now. Fix it. Fix it. You you keep the young game, I guess, Friday night. Like, nobody really cares about that. But I've already get... tuned out, like, the original All-Star game. Okay. Saturday, here's what you do. You have a uh, – or, okay. su- or Sunday. No. All the All-Stars that are selected randomly draw a bracket, and you have a one-on-one tournament. Let's see, who's, see who the king of the hill is. Yeah, shocking. You guys are speechless. What about a knockout game of all the All-Star games? Well, see, they tried a horse game, like, Saturday before the uh, Saturday night stuff, and I think it was a weird – on at a weird time, and nobody really watched that. So, knockout's kind of the same thing. But I think one-on-one, you put, like, a million dollars on the line. I think guys would be like, all right, I want to be – regarded as the best player in the league. So I think you'd have guys really trying in a one-on-one competition instead of the All-Star game. Another different format to do would be to take your All-Stars and uh, and how many is the All-Stars? 24? Yeah. So take your All-Stars, have six teams of four, and the top six in the voting getting gets to pick their teams and have like a Gus Macker bracket style tournament. But that's kind of what's like going on now. <laughs> that, that's that's kind of exactly what they're doing. Like the top voting getter from each conference gets to pick their teams. I know, but I'm saying break it down to a four on four, like Gus Macker, and do a tournament. 
Why would you break it down to a four and four? It's a five on five league. Because it's something fucking different. You're stoned. All right, let's move on to the AAF. <laughs> <laughs> All right, they're broke. Uh, is the league dead? Can I can I say how I feel about the AAF? Go, nope. Go for it. You ever you ever met this girl that like you're just like yeah, like that's the one, that's the one, and you work on her really really hard for months, maybe even years. And then right. you get you you get to lay down with her, and you blow your load within the first fucking thirty seconds, and then she's like, "Oh, you know what? This isn't gonna work out." That's how I feel like the AAF is. It was everything everybody wanted out of football. Well, it's not gonna work out. I mean, they're not doing anything. Well, there were some heavy hits. There was no, one. Dude. One. Like, literally, I mean, yeah, there was one blindside hit. Like, did you, I saw a highlight from this past weekend. I don't know who the team was, who the quarterback was. He gets flushed out of the pocket. He's rolling to the left. He was a right-handed quarterback. He just does, like, a half turn, turns his back towards the line of scrimmage and throws a pass over, both hands over his head. Pretty bullshit strategy, Cotton. Yeah. How how are you fucking dumb enough to try to stand up to the NFL? I mean, no. Uh, because they they see how much money that there is, and there's anybody with a brain. Obviously, not a whole lot. Huh? Obviously, not a whole lot of money. What do you mean? Well, they're out of it now. They're out of it. The XFL is going to try to start up again. Which we already saw how the XFL fucking. Went bankrupt. You're, you're, you're not getting what I'm saying. They see that how much money the NFL makes, and they want a piece of the pie. That's yeah. why McMahon is coming back at it again because he sees that the NFL is vulnerable right now. So they just want to try to take a piece of the pie. That's like the ABA trying to come back with the fucking wheelchair, Doctor J. Like, oh yeah, yeah we're nope. here again. Like, no, that doesn't work. The NFL is NFL. The NBA is the NBA. The NHL is NHL. MLB sucks dick. But you know what I'm saying? No, but here's the thing is right now the NFL is at its most vulnerable form ever. Like now here, the league is getting so much backlash right now from every perspective. The media, the fucking president, the players, the fans, the well, owners. Nobody's but really can I get on to this? Did you guys see where through back channels, Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, has been asked to run the NFL as well? Yes. Yeah, he's what do you not. Guys feel about that? I think huh? he's not going to do it. He's been asked. He's not. He's already said no. My focus on the NBA. Oh, but he's, I do he's been asked Adam twice. Silver's a great fucking commissioner. Uh, I don't. Really? He's a lot better than David fucking Stern. Okay. What? I mean, what did he do though? Like he took a, he took a franchise away from like a a racist old guy that was out of his mind. Like okay, like yeah, he has like a moral compass. Good for you, guy. Well, yeah, that's about that's about <laughs> what he's got. Uh, yeah, what else has he like but done? But at least he's not like David. David Stern was a fucking cheater, dude, and he's got a lot more fucking balls ah. than Roger Goodell does. 
see, I think Goodell. Goodell is just like. Uh, nah, eh, well, see, I think Goodell. I don't like him. I guess, but you know, I feel like Goodell has like some stones though, because he just he he, he just he gets up and speaks he, even when he's getting booed by thousands and thousands of people. But the thing, like even media reporters will ask Roger Goodell a question, and then there's another one. He'll he'll do the Goodell. He won't answer that. He'll bypass it and find a way to segue to the next question. Yeah, that's, that's likens him to being okay. That's he he's yeah, he just fucking head down, keep moving, keep pushing the agenda. Like he has got the Wu Tang Shaolin sword. He's gonna if something negative is brought up about the NFL, he's gonna try to change the subject as quick as possible. That's his job. No, no, about himself, not about the NFL, about himself. Well, he's a direct reflection of the NFL, so of course he's gonna do that. So he's a shitty product. <laughs> he's a what? He's a shitty product. No, he's not. Because the NFL is still making billions of dollars every year. Yeah. Well, dude, I think a lot of the league's problems is off the field shit, like political stuff. Like the the on field products still unbelievable, and. I just have a hard time seeing another league come up and well, the even challenge them because what the NFL has, well, it, I think a hundred years next year. I got the hundred year head start to to get what? all your ducks in a row. This um, is how this is how the AAF becomes. You know, they become money making. They don't just you know you allow the tackles that the NFL will allow, but you got knives, you got nunchucks. You got fucking swords. Like that's how, that's how you make that work. Other than that, you're not going about the NFL. I mean, yeah, but that's not feasible. That's like that's lawsuit city waiting to happen. But it would be fucking fun to happen. I don't think Imagine so. Imagine if you sign that clause, like I might get stabbed, I might get nunchucked, I might get sorted, but I can't sue the league. Well, you can't do that, regardless. Even if you sign a waiver, because that's a criminal act. It doesn't fucking matter. It'd be cool to watch. And until it happens, NFL's the NFL. I don't think it'd be it's cool to point. watch either. Yeah. You don't want to see someone getting unchecked in the nets? Yeah, but not uh, not stabbed. That's what I thought, Norway. That's what I thought. No, no, I don't want to see anybody get stabbed, you psycho yeah, fuck you. About people getting stabbed with swords and shit. No, I don't want to see that. But the one thing that what I was talking about is right now the on-field product on the NFL is also at a vulnerable state too, just because the targeting and all the catch, no catch, the officiating, like there's a lot of controversy and vulnerability right now. I think of even the on-field product in the NFL. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I get that you can make that argument and I wouldn't, I wouldn't scoff at it too much, honestly. But I'm just thinking, like, you know, looking back at, like, the Chiefs-Rams Monday night football game, how unbelievable that was. <laughs> Nobody was talking about anthem protests. Nobody was talking about uh, concussions, CTE. Nobody's yeah. talking about the officiating. Like, soon as they were the... talking about the fucking game. Yeah. Like, yeah, because it was such high-quality entertainment. Like, it was such a fun game to watch. Yeah, but I'm I'm trying to just make that comparison to like 
the AAF or when the XFL comes back in. Like, I just don't see, you know, the top talent's always going to be in the NFL. And a hundred year head start, it's just going to be tough. Like, could somebody, could somebody, could some league put out or make a little niche at a different time of the year for football fans? Sure, but I think they needed to really get their ducks in a row when it comes to their finances and the research and all that stuff and the logistics. The NFL is always going to be able to pay the most. Well, that's one thing. That's one thing that is was nice about like when the XFL did try to make its run, the NFL did adopt a lot of really cool things the XFL brought, like the cameras on the field and interviewing the players and stuff like that. That hopefully the, the this competition makes the NFL better. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm all for that. It's just you know what you remember the XFL. Fuck yeah, I remember the XFL. He ate me. What a fucking loser. What do you mean? I remember the XFL. Are you serious, dude? That was prime wrestling fan time for me, too. So, of course, I remember it, too. I was just hoping for some backup, Peacock. What the fuck? He hate me and the cheerleaders and the cheerleaders were bombs. Do you remember how they started the game? It was just like, all right. Yeah, it was a fucking scramble for the football. Yeah, a fumble drill. Like, <laughs> I think that's something. Ain't no kickoff in this bitch. <laughs> All right, should we run through the uh, fucking picks of the week? Yeah, we can if you guys uh, feel. Uh... You've taken the show over now. No, that's cool. I like that. All right, let's get to the NBA games. These games, uh, you know, just look through the schedule to the future. Uh Thursday night to uh, this Thursday night, the 21st through the 26th next Tuesday, because that's probably when we'll record a, a new episode or a fresh episode. Um, NBA games, we're just picking winners. Uh, basketball, um, they don't throw the lines out for us degenerates until day of the game. So, first one, Celtics at Milwaukee Thursday night. This Thursday, TNT, 8 Eastern time. Who you got? Milwaukee. I'll take, uh, I'll take Celtics. I think I'll take the Celtics too. I think coming I think off, Kyrie's, uh, in a good mood. Um, I think he's in a better place mentally right now. Um, I think he wants to showcase uh, something to get give New York uh, a little taste for what they're going to get. <laughs> I just think uh, coming off that big win uh, at Philly. Off the All Star break, like I feel like that that's the type of win that could galvanize them because they didn't need to make a run. I think they're like the four or five seed right now. Yeah, four, so, I believe. Yeah, I think you know you want to be in that top three to be like a title contender or a, not a title contender, but a finals contender. Yeah. Zach, Zach, you just you just going Greek freak on the home floor here? I'm that... going Greek Greek freak on the home floor, dude. There's no way. Coming out that All Star game, he's gonna be feeling too good. The, I mean, the, yeah. All right, Milwaukee. All right, Saturday night, the primetime ABC game, eight thirty Eastern time, of Rockets at Warriors. Um, I'm gonna go with the beard, man. I, I, I think there's uh some. 
some stuff going on over in uh, Warrior Town that's <laughs> gonna eventually break the team up, and I, I just see the the Rockets really doing their thing right now, and uh, I think they'll squeak by. James Harden scores another thirty some points. Yeah, I'll take the Rockets. I'm going Warriors. It's just it's hard to pick against them on their home floor. Zach. Well, I agree with Norway that there's stuff going on in the Warriors camp. This is all stuff they know. They can't keep that fucking team together. Like Steve Kerr's already said we can't keep DeMarcus Cousins here. They're all still a big fucking wham damn family. Still going Rockets. Just because I'm never going to bet against James Harden ever, ever, ever. I fear the beard. You guys realize the Warriors are the one seed in the West right now, right? Got it. Got it. Doesn't for, fucking matter. For all the, t- hey, all the I don't talk bet about against the power. Until, I don't bet against them until the Western Conference Finals. He just did, though. He picked Houston. I know. I don't bet against Houston until the Western Conference Finals. Oh, I thought you were When the James Harden runs out of gas. My bad. My bad. My bad. I thought you were talking about the dubs there. All right. No. All right. Next Tuesday, the 26th, 8 Eastern time on TNT. Celtics, again, a big road test. They go into Toronto, take on Kawhi Leonard, uh, Marcus Gasol, and the new look Raptors. I'm going to take uh, the Raptors there. I'm going to roll with the Celtics train. I think Kyrie's too hot. Uh, Kawhi is such a weird player. I I think if he was able to be, like, emotional at all, he'd be there. But right now, I I just think I'm on the Kyrie train, and I think the Celtics take it. Delaney? Before I make my pick, did, uh, on Norway's point, did anybody see the – New Balance Kawhi commercial? Yeah. Oh, someone yeah. did. I was going to say my point exactly, but yeah, they're pretty bland. I'm going to go with the Raptors. Just because the Celtics have been too shaky this year. They're turning a new leaf, man, I'm telling you. All right, last NBA game we'll get to. Tuesday, the 26th, 10.30 Eastern Time on TNT. OKC, the Thunder, they go into the Denver Nuggets, uh, the two seed in the West currently is the Nuggets. But uh, I'm going to take uh, I'm gonna take OKC in that one. What about you guys? I'll take Russ and PG, too. Yep, I'm going with Russ. Paul George is my MVP this year. So, we're going with them. All right, college games real quick. Uh, big one tomorrow night for me personally. Number eight, North Carolina going into number one, Duke. Um, I did grab some lines here. We'll just pick winners, but um, these uh, lines are actually projections from KenPalm.com, which is the number one uh, analytics advanced metric site for college basketball. Tomorrow night, the 20th of February, 9 Eastern time uh, on ESPN, of course. Duke, 11 point. Uh, when or Ken Palm says Duke's going to win this game by 11. That's their projection. Um, I love this Duke team, one of my favorite Duke teams I've watched as a fan. Uh, probably since 2015, their last national title year. I've had a, I've had a uh, lot of fun watching this team. They're competitive. Um, it's going to be close, though. 
But uh, I'll take Duke at Cameron. Just tough to pick against those guys in that building. What about you? I like Duke as well. I'm uh, all in on Zion. I think he's a freak, and uh, he's not even the best player on the team. Uh, Hot take. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be a tough battle making the long, what is it, 10-minute drive to North Carolina. Yeah, it's like eight miles. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, well, it's in Durham, it's at Cameron, so, but yeah, uh, I get you. Yeah, so, yeah, I'll take the crazies. Zach? Yeah, like you said, Peacock, it's that building. I want to say Roy Williams will come up with some kind of game plan, but bar for bar, North Carolina doesn't stack up. I'm going with Duke. All right, Saturday, another uh, big uh, test, two ranked teams, number five, Tennessee on the road. At number 13, LSU, noon Eastern time, Saturday the 23rd on ESPN. I'm going to take Tigers on their home floor. Uh, I'm going to follow your lead. I think uh, the Tigers are going to be blessed by a, a celebrity in the grandstands. And the show, the show Magic is going to be to the basketball court. <laughs> and the winning ways will continue down in Tigerland. The... I'm going to go with uh, Tennessee. Wrong. So I don't have to hear the Joey Burrow shit. That'll literally <laughs> follow a Tigers win. Well, now you, since you picked against them, if they do win, I'm going to talk double shit. I don't see that option. I'm okay with it. And I'm going to mushroom stamp you. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Number three, Virginia. Oh, by the way, I go going back, Tennessee – is actually one-point projected winner on the road at LSU. Uh, Next game, number three, Virginia at number 18, Louisville. It's a a, uh, noon Eastern time tip-off, ACC Network, the 23rd, the Saturday. Virginia projected to win by four points. Uh, Yeah, Virginia's lost two games this year. Both have been the Duke. They're undefeated against everybody else. Uh, They're just going to guard the shit out of Louisville. Probably keep them to like 40 or 50 points and a win going away. What about you guys? I'm going to agree again. I just think that uh, Virginia is a, a good fundamental basketball team. They get, they play great defense. And uh, I think Louisville is just too up and down, hot and cold to pull this upset out. Zach, Who's got the point advantage? You, Virginia, Virginia, right? Yeah. yeah I, I'm taking them just to do the point advantage. Okay, number 16, Florida State at number 8, North Carolina, Saturday, 3.45 Eastern Time, CBS. Uh, Carolina, probably going to – well, I shouldn't say probably, but we did predict Duke will win, so they're going to look to bounce back in this one. Tar Heels on their home floor. They're an eight-point uh, favorite in this one, according to Ken Palm. What about um, – Zach, you go here first. Yeah, they're going to be looking to bounce back. I'm going to take Carolina on this one. Pat? Uh, I'm going to call the upset. I think they're going to be hungover from the beatdown that Duke's going to get on them. They're going to be limping it out and uh, just be like, oh, shit. And then the Tar Heels, will, or not the Tar Heels, the Seminoles come in there and uh, surprise them. Final game Saturday, number 12, Kansas at number 14, Texas Tech, 8 Eastern time on ESPN. Texas Tech, a six-point favorite. 
listen, Kansas has a streak. Uh, I don't know if you guys are aware. Kansas has they've won the Big Twelve Conference in the regular season. I think fourteen straight years, crazy streak, and they're kind of you know down in the two or three spot, and they're chasing Texas Tech and Kansas State right now. Until Kansas loses the Big Twelve, I'm going to pick them every year. I did before the season started. I think they find a way they get a red one here. What about you? Nah, you're right about Kansas. I just I, I do feel they figured this out. And they get a big win and they go out feeling good. Pat. Uh I'm gonna make it unanimous. I think uh Kansas owns the conference and they show why. All right, Sunday, three forty five Eastern time CBS. Big one top ten matchup in the Big Ten, number ten Michigan State at number seven Michigan. Michigan a one point favorite. And Chrysler, where they're undefeated on the season. Um, also, a little side note, uh, Nick Ward, uh, the big man in the middle for Michigan State, hand injury. His status is uncertain at this time. Um, they're already down one of their better wings, uh, Josh Langford, out for the season, are the Spartans. So, with Michigan being on their home floor undefeated this year, play they play well at Chrysler. Um, I think it'll be close, obviously rivalry game, but I'm going to take the Wolverines. Yeah, um, me too, unfortunately. I'm not a big <laughs> fan of the team, but yeah, M- Michigan's tough this year, um, and it's not tournament time, so Izzo's not really going to turn it on yet. So yeah, I'll take the Wolverines by like four or five. I would say Wolverines, but I have this feeling that Luke always right is going to rub way too many medallions and he's going to throw off their juju. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Michigan State on that basis alone. All right, two more college games and then uh, we're done with the picks. We'll go to Monday night, the 25th, 9 Eastern time, in-state rival, Kansas State, number 23 in the country, at number 12, Kansas if I went on a little bit of a uh, diatribe about how Kansas is going to win the Big 12, uh, they're a seven-point favorite, by the way. I have no reason why I shouldn't take them on their home floor in a rivalry game. So, give me the Jayhawks. Yep, I'm following your lead, Jayhawks, all the way. I think they in the conference. They prove it year in and year out. And right now, they're just they're, – they're fooling everybody. They're like, oh, this might be a competition when it's – it's still their conference. Yeah. I mean, I don't have much to add. Jayhawks. And finally, Duke, number one, four-point favorite on the road at number 20, Virginia Tech. This is next Tuesday, the 26th, 7 Eastern time on ESPN. Um, I'm not looking past Carolina, uh, but uh, Virginia Tech kind of been a house of horrors for Duke. So I'm worried about that one, but I'm not going to take – Virginia Tech, obviously, so I'm going Duke. Pat, what about you? I think Duke as well. I think they covered the spread easy to show everyone why why they are the best team in the nation this year. Delaney? Have you fucking seen Zion? I've watched every every second. I'm going Duke. I'm going Duke. All right, those are the game picks for uh, our recording week, Um, fellas. Let me pull something up real quick. Now, me and Joey talked about this uh, 
Friday night on the on the podcast. I want to get your guys' thoughts. This will be our final segment. Um, there was French fry rankings d- done by fast food French fry rankings done by the uh, L.A. Times. So keep that in mind. It's got a kind of got an L.A. vibe. There I feel was, like it's gonna get hostile. Oh, I mean, I was I was triggered at a couple, a uh, couple of the the picks here. So the official uh, fast food French fry power rankings is by Lucas Quan Peterson, food columnist for the LA Times last week. He's already a fucking joke. They ranked these fries from obviously best taste, the worst taste, also texture, worst texture to best texture was uh, a factor here. So. We'll start at the bottom. We'll run through these fast. I, I already gave my take, so I'm just going to drive the ship here. Number 19, In-N-Out. I've never had In-N-Out, but your thoughts on that? Never had it either. Pat? They ranked 19 of them? Damn. Yeah. You've had In-N-Out, Patrick? No. Well, then how the fuck? Neither of us had them, so we could just watch this. Okay. Number 18. Sonic. Yeah, I, I I don't mind Sonic fries. I think they're okay. I don't know that I've ever had fries from Sonic. I've oh. had a milkshake. I've had a hot dog. Well, well I no, my point dogs. was yeah, my point was tots at Sonic. Yeah, and then you get tots. Like you don't get fries at Sonic. So yeah, but that's number eighteen in the nation. Yeah. Some people are making some shitty fries. Here, here's the one that really triggered me. Number seventeen, rallies. What oh no, nah, fuck? bro. I'm that, done. Rallies <laughs> is the shit. No, rallies is the shit. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm done with this guy's ranking system already. Like rallies, we're talking curly fries, right? No. French oh, fries. fries. But even their regular salted fries, because they got this special spice they put on them. Yeah, fuck that. Rally should be like number... Rally's top five. Top three. Okay, number 16, uh, Jolly Bee. I've never even heard of it. No. Uh, Wiener Schnitzel's number 15. No. Nope. Number 14, Popeye's. Nope. Yeah, Popeye's has got good fries. Uh, what, yeah, 14. Rally's ranking better. Though. Fuck them. Okay, number 13, Jack in the Box. Never had that. 12, KFC, which I had a problem with this. Wedges. Yeah, you don't get... Do they have fries? No. They have wedges. It's the wedges. They rank the wedges five spots ahead of rallies. They're different. That's, that's, That's kind of a blow to the dick, to rallies, like... Okay, you can't rank my curly fries, but you can rank your wedges? Well, they're, like, nah. they're wrong anyways. They're wedges. They're not french fries. That's my point. Like, if they could, if you could rank wild, you can't rank rallies this fucking curly fries. Thought, this <laughs> dick. I'm pissed. I'm pissed. All right, here's another one that kind of triggered me. Number 11, Chick-fil-A waffle fries. See? No, no. Here's what we get back to, not ranking rallies, fucking curly fries. This is all bullshit. This game is fucking rigged. I'm done. Yep. Well, 
Well, I think Chick-fil-A should be higher was my take, though. Uh, these yeah. people who made this list, they also know who shot JFK. Like, this <laughs> fuck up. Number 10, Burger King. Yeah, Burger King's good. Nine, Shake Shack. Never ate there. Never ate there. Line's too long. Eight, Wendy's. Nah, fuck that. Wendy's Wendy's is like eating a moldy potato with salt. Yeah, I like Wendy's fries. Nope. I do too, but I feel like I said this last week, but I'll I'll give you guys my take again in case you didn't listen to it. I feel like if they added the dipping element with the frosty, Wendy shoots up the rankings probably into the top four. No, who d- dips a fry in frosties? Uh, America's? Stupid fuck. People talk um, about that. That sounds gross. You're gross. Knock, knock it and then don't try it. All right, moving on. Dairy Queen, number seven. I thought this was crazy. Yeah, that's way overrated. Yeah, that's that's, that's a hot take. Carl's Jr., number six, uh, a.k.a. Hardee's for us here in Ohio. Overrated. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with it. I like Carl's Jr.'s fries. I think they're overrated. All right, here now we're getting down the brass tacks. Number five, Arby's. Yeah, Arby's under, got some good under, fries. They're like top top three, easy. Yeah, yeah they showed me number five. They showed me number five, but I like that they're ranked high. Dude, have you had those fucking loaded fries from them? No. No. Oh, fuck. Grab those. You'll come in your pants. Number yeah. four, Steak and Shake. See, don't know. Are you fucking serious? Dead serious. Don't know. Don't know. Those are like literally the frozen store brand shit that you. That's their shoestring fries. Yeah, this is terrible. I give up. Number three, Del Taco. I've never ate at one. Nope. Uh-uh. But my point on this it's one. It's a taco place. Yeah. Why are you getting fries well, at a taco place? Hold on. Fucking Taco Bell came out with those nacho fries and they're pretty up. goddamn good. Yeah, but next. I had a problem with number two because I thought it should have been number one. McDonald's is number two. Nah, McDonald's should be number one. They uh, should? They should not. I thought they should be. I nope. Number four. No, nah. And number one was five guys. Never had it. Are you serious? You Those are actually five. Those I've are never had five guys. Fries. Handcuff fries, they're good shit. They are good. I, I don't I I don't know they if they're like number the one. But they they give you a metric ton in the bag. Yeah, exactly. You get a small and it's two pounds of fries. Yeah. But, I will say I did I read a tweet today and someone said uh, I show up to I show up to five guys with twenty dollars. What do I get? And someone quit tweeted and said, The fuck out. And I thought that was pretty funny. It is a little uh, on the expensive side, I would say, for yeah. for fast food. Like you could you could go to a uh, you know a steak joint and get you know a meal, not not the best meal, but you can go to a steak joint for about the same amount of money that you could eat at Five Guys. Yeah. So, but that Which was the, nice. But if it's worth it, it's worth it. I don't know if it is though. I've never ate that. I have no like, idea. It's good, but 
honestly, I would put like their, I would put like the Wendy's double if it was like fresh and hot, right up there with the Five Guys double. Oh man! And you oh, could man, you, you could save like seven eight bucks at Wendy's, getting the same amount of food at Five Guys. It's good, don't get me wrong, but there's also cheaper alternatives. Yeah. But the, their fries are good. I can't not say they're not good. But, you know, for rallies to be clear down in the basement was... That bothers me. That I'm still triggered by it. Well, I, you know, for Burger King to be so... I think Burger King's fries are amazing. Mm. Yeah. They're all right. Yeah. They're salty. They're crispy. Yeah, but they're not... Wendy's, you gotta depend on what kind of fucking mood the person cooking the fries is in. See, I like Wendy's better than Burger King. So do I. I like their burgers better. Not the fries. I like everything better. I like you better, Patrick. Wow, that was nice of you. That is. I greatly appreciate it. I miss you. Wow. Anyway, hey. Ready to wrap this up? Yeah, you just did. And that is the show. Thank you for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. Follow the show on Twitter at PodcockPCast. The show is available on all podcasting platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. So rate, review, subscribe on all those platforms. Listen for five seconds. Review it. It takes three seconds to do that. Help us out. We're giving you free content. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully you like it. And you help us out just by uh, clicking a few buttons on your screen, on your device. But uh, for Patty Podcast, Zach Delaney, and Front Row Joe, Luke will be back on next week, hopefully. Um, I'm the only Tyler Peacock. Thanks for listening yet again. I'll close the show out by saying peace out.